0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Third Person Podcast. Uh, I'm Chris Milhouse. Joined with me, as always, is my co-host, Daryl Hammond, and uh, our producer, Jim Search. Hey, what's happening? How's it going, Daryl? How you feeling today? What's I've never what's felt good?
1: better in my life, Chris. You know that.
0: Ah, oh, I <laughs> love hearing that, Daryl. I love hearing that. Especially Stop during a pandemic. World.
1: You know how fucking good things are right now? Oh, yeah. Things are the best. It's you, the best year ever. You, I think you and I are going to do a cool show in Philly. That's a good thing.
0: We are. If anybody's listening, uh, Daryl and I are going to go down and do a uh, show. If there's anyone in Philly listening, we're doing shows in Philly on Friday, December 11th. We're doing two shows at this place called Soul Joel's, and it's an Ooh. outdoor venue with like heat lamps over it, and uh, it'll be nice and cozy and fun, and you get all the... Good, the goodness of the, of the podcast that you love, right, live in your face.
2: In your Doing face.
0: Stand-up. Doing stand
2: up.
1: I'm going to yes. interview, I'm going to be interviewing Chris from the audience about various experiences he's had in life. <laughs> <laughs> near the reservoir in Central Park where he seems to fish or hunt. <laughs> yeah. Turn it into a Q&A, watch-
2: man.
0: I tried to pick up one woman in a park one time and I tell it you guys about it. And now Daryl thinks I'm fishing in central park. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, it just, I don't know. It was such an epic story. It was so good.
0: It was fun. I don't know. It got into me. I had a lot of coffee that day and I was like, you know, let's go for it. And I was lonely. Okay. Um, it was, yeah. I went to uh,
1: two, uh, I, I was on 54th street leaving the gym and I was walking down the street and there was a, a young lady, 20-something, sitting at um a table outside of Gold's Gym. I don't know, um, reading a book or something. And she was about the most – she was an incredible person to look at. Okay.
3: okay. <laughs> <work>. uh, I <laughs> nice you are
1: I said, listen, um, lady, I don't want you to think I'm perving out on you. And I'm not. Okay. But you're you're really fun to look at. I mean, you're <laughs> – Something else. <laughs> and I kept walking right and she goes and then I was like I went to one of you she's like hey wait a minute haven't I seen you on TV I'm like well yeah I guess you have haven't you <laughs> yes uh, Yeah, thumb and finger, Clinton <laughs> she ended up coming to see me do a set at Caroline's um, and um okay okay I, I suggested we go for a drink and she's like what I was like, you know, maybe we maybe we'll go for a drink or something, you know? Go for a drink. She's like, Why would we do that? <laughs> what? Why would I go for a drink with you, uh fucking perv? <laughs> what? Just like, she loved she thought I was a funny guy, but she didn't want to mix mingle with me after hours.
0: So she came all the way to your show just to yeah. be like, no.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was like, you know, maybe she'll go for a drink And we'll get something going on And Nope
0: Well, that's just fucking stupid <laughs> It's disappointing right? really, You
1: know, you're really funny, okay You're a funny mm-hmm. god Okay, so let's just leave it at that
2: <laughs> Yeah, you know what I have a line, and it's at humor Okay, I do not yeah. I cannot go further than humor Like, that's in her head, right Yeah, that's
1: right, that's it that's your value to the planet mm-hmm. certainly to most women for whom you're probably sexually invisible. Okay, pal. You know I mean? She, she made me yeah. get that feel and I was like, Whoa, wow.
0: welcome to my life. That's how I feel uh, <laughs> all the time. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, we, uh, we, we're throwing ourselves out there, you know. We're uh, we're trying these days, I guess. And you know, we'll. Uh, I didn't even I think know. I had a shot at her until she wanted
1: to come to the show. I just want to say, man, are you something? Yeah.
0: Sometimes you just want to pay a compliment. It's hard not to. Like, it's hard. It's hard to pay a compliment as man any, anymore, just because a lot of times the women will either you know get upset or you know. So, sometimes I just mean it to be a compliment, and sometimes I. You know, sometimes I am fishing, you know, like, I, but uh, for the most part, I don't ever mean it to come off creepy and weird. But, you know, as you guys are very well aware, um, that's not always the case.
2: <laughs> no,
3: it's
1: not, is it?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Some sometimes the chips fall as they do.
1: Right? Yeah. Just sometimes. Like, hey, why? Hey, maybe we could go for a drink. She's like, wait, why would
0: we do that? Because you're thirsty? I don't know. Because <laughs> I'm thirsty, but not for alcohol?
2: Bef- because it would be fun?
0: Question? Yeah.
1: Like, what? And you drinks around midnight in the village would be fun? No, I don't.
0: Because we could, you know, maybe make bad decisions together. I don't know.
2: It, I, would, not, it
0: would not be fun.
2: <laughs> I mean, it's like, why do people hang out, miss? Like, is this an existential question we're asking right now? Mary? Very- Philosophical direction we went on that. I, I
1: think she thought I was pursuing a mating experience mm. of getting together a mating man and woman, hand holding, touching type deal, which <laughs> told her.
2: Well, you know, it is her loss. If you are listening right now, Miss, that is your loss. I, you know, yeah, I,
1: I almost said to her, "Hey, who do you date?" <laughs> 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 Let me get a list. I want a you reference. Know, was, I almost said, "What." What's the fucking guy like that dates you? Is that like Thor? Do you date Thor?
0: <laughs> yeah, like do you, a, do you have a dating resume? I can call some of these references real quick. Yeah, and I mean, see who are these? Where you been?
1: Who are these demigods that are
2: fucking catching your eye? <laughs> and like, what do you? And like, what do you do? Because clearly, you don't go drink. Like, what's your what activities do y'all get involved
1: in? Oh, you mean if you're trying to take move it to the next level.
2: Well, I would just—I'm saying, like, if she's dating these Thor-type dudes, like, well, what are they? What, what are what are their dates? Like, do they rock climb? Do they hunt, <laughs> hunt gazelles barehanded? Like, what's what's the yeah, story? That,
1: the second one.
2: They <laughs> yeah. hunt yeah.
1: gazelles, and then he does things that, right? Apparently, he might like. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know
2: exactly. I don't
1: That's, know, what, uh, I don't know what Thor does at night. I mean, be a god, right? The guy, I, I remember I was, I was at SNL one time and I was walking down the hall, and I was walking past the entrance and there was, and I stopped for a second because there was a guy standing there. I was like, "Wait, is that Thor? Is that? <laughs> a, he looked like Thor. It was the guy who played Thor, plays Thor. Oh, nice." And he, he looks like that without the wig.
0: That's awesome, Same man. Guy. Yeah, he's a, uh, those guys are, uh, they get cast for a reason. That's for sure. <laughs> you know? Fella. Um, we do have a, a really great guest that's about to join us right now. Um, before I bring her on, uh, I wanted to remind everybody to uh, make sure you subscribe if you're not already subscribed. Share our posts on social media. Download and add us on social media, please. I am at Chris Millhouse with two L's, and this is uh, at Daryl C. Hammond, uh, and then at Jim Search is our producer. And uh, we do have a really cool guest today, man. I'm very excited about this uh, guest, and I know Daryl knows her very well from many years working together on Saturday Night Live, but uh, we have uh, the great Rachel Dratch that's joining us today. Let's add her on and see if she's ready to join us. Hi. Hi, Rachel. Welcome to the Third Person Podcast. What'd you say? I said, welcome to the third person podcast. Thank you. <laughs> I'm Chris, and obviously, you know my co host very well, Daryl Andrews. Sure do. Do
3: you have Sorry, someone in, in the
0: background friend.
1: there? No, oh,
3: I'm in a friend's apartment uh, to get away from video game noise for my son. And uh, let me just make sure the door is closed. <laughs> All right, hold on, hold
1: on. You know, on the third person podcast, you catch us living life.
3: Okay. I don't know. Yeah, that's- absolutely. Okay. Hi. Hello. <laughs>
0: Hi, hello, welcome. Uh, so great to have you. Nice to meet you. Uh, I, I know Daryl and yourself go way back, far, you know, yeah, many years from Saturday Live. Yes,
3: indeed.
1: I mean, we were there together a lot. I, I don't think it's one of those, you know, when SNL is like really, when I was really busy there, I don't feel like I had time to, or ever really sat down and get to know anyone, you know. <laughs> That was well, back in the day. Were like,
3: you were like huh? the master who came in with the surgical strike. You know, you were like the guy that I don't know. Your impressions were just you know off the charts. You just strolled in with your your trench coat and um, did your business <laughs> and got out. <laughs> do you yeah. do an
1: Do you do an impression of me?
3: Oh um, my gosh! Peter, Peter
1: does a great impression. So does Colin Quinn. So does Fred Armisen.
3: Oh my God. I don't think I do. I don't think Mm. I do. I think I would have to consult you on an impression of you. Mm. Because I do sometimes at the show. You would help us all, I remember.
1: Well, how are you?
3: Pretty good. How are you?
1: I'm not that that bad either. I mean, I know that sounds crazy, but I uh, tested uh, negative today. I'm going back into morning, quick tested, just in case I got sick overnight.
3: Okay. (laughs) Are you and, doing uh, a show or something? I'm
1: just, I'm just doing the announcing, you know.
3: Oh right, of course. My are little,
1: you? my little gig. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes. Wait, um, so you
3: guys are back on tomorrow? Oh, whatever. Saturday it, it seems
1: to be the case.
3: Oh wow! Okay. You can a lot, do a, lot. Um,
1: a few shows in a row before Christmas.
3: Okay. You
1: do you do the show? You've done the show this year, haven't you?
3: Uh no, not this year. No. Did yeah,
0: you played uh, Amy Klobuchar, right?
3: Yeah, that was last year. Was my uh, yeah, I got invited once to do that, um, the thing with Matt Damon and the yeah. whole Kavanaugh thing. And then I was so lucky because then they kept bringing me back for all the debates, so it was like the gift that kept on giving. And, um, you know, of course, SNL style, they called me up like I think it was a Thursday or maybe even a Friday just to say, like, Hey, are you in town this Saturday to do Klobuchar? Yeah. And so, um so that was, you know, I love that sort of whatever, fly by the senior pants kind of thing. They do that. Um,
1: what, what, uh, people don't actually understand how the de- degree of difficulty in that place because it is like that. It's fi- it's Friday night at one thirty,
3: Right. What are
1: you doing? Do you have a Geraldo? <laughs> exactly.
3: <laughs> yeah. So, um, I mean, that's, I don't know, that's one thing that, like, I think from that show then when you go out into the world and someone asks you if you can do something really you know, you, you just feel like, yeah, I can do that because of everything at SNL. Like, going, like, one-time rehearsal or whatever. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I can fix a broken ankle, probably. Exactly. I can figure <laughs> it out. Do
3: anything. Right.
1: Really fast. Yes. Do people ask you to do uh, Debbie
0: Downer?
3: They do sometimes. Or they just, that's <laughs> the one, like, they mention. They mention that one a lot.
0: That's, um, one, of the, that's one of the, like, most iconic sketches. Like, you are know, the characters, like, I mean... It's everyone always remembers that character. It was such a great character.
3: Oh, thank you. Well, yeah. I think it just hit on something like everyone knows a person like that. So, yeah, you, you know, you know, Gerald. When you're doing a sketch, there, you don't know if it's gonna like be on the cutting room floor or it's gonna, you know, be your your bread and butter. So, um, you just have no idea going in what character. Yeah, because be there's on.
1: ten. I mean. There's ten reasons why the thing could go to shit, you know.
3: <laughs> right, exactly. There's ten
1: reasons why it could get cut. A, you know, a set doesn't make it. The host wants to sing.
3: Yeah, Something yeah, yeah. Like
1: that, and you can, you can lose your piece. Yeah.
3: Right. So, I mean, there was one character. As long as we're talking SNL, Scuttlebutt here, but um, you remember that character? Not that you should remember. This one, not quite as iconic as W. But I did this. That character, Abe Scheinwald with. Seth, where I was like this old time movie producer. And like, we kept trying to put it up and it kept being placed last in the show. Yeah. So it got cut for time, two different shows. And then we tried one more time. And I like, I thought it was really funny, but it's like, oh my Made God. It me
1: laugh.
3: It keeps getting in this last, pitch. but it did finally get on. And then it was good. Cause it got to come back. But like, you just never know when your stuff is going to work or not, or get cut and like never see the light of day as you. Well, no. Although, I imagine maybe with doing impressions, like, well, I'm sure you had a whole different set of, like, (laughs) problems (laughs) with (laughs) trying to get stuff on and all that. But, like, maybe that wasn't as nerve-wracking for you. I have no idea.
1: I thought the whole thing was terrifying. I was scared all the time. Okay. (laughs) I mean, you know, you (laughs) call me up on a Friday night and go, uh, you know, I remember I was sitting with uh, one of the security people. And Lauren walks by like 1130 on a Friday night. He goes, Trump, Uh, this is years ago. And I went, I'll try. No way. Yeah. So I went out there the next night with Trump and it was, it was okay. It wasn't a terrible. Oh, it was great.
3: You had a great Trump, man. I love your Trump so much. I do too.
1: Well, it was, it was one of those ones where I had done someone like him. Okay. You know, similar that yeah. came from a similar part of the throat and um so I was able to put it together a little quicker. But I mean uh, someone showed me a clip of me doing Bobby Knight with um Colin Quinn and I saw another um clip of me doing speaker house speaker Dennis Hastert and they were terrible. You know. But I mean can
3: we luckily I can't really imagine what Dennis Hastert sounds like. So Dennis Hastert? Yeah, I mean, no, I, I think I'd probably imagine that you did a good impression because I can't even picture what he looks like.
1: No, it was really bad. It was, right. it was like I just—it was just one of those ones where I couldn't get it fucking handled. But then, you know, I had eleven hours. You right.
3: know, right.
1: There just wasn't any time to really grab onto the guy.
3: No, so when you did your audition, did you do all impressions or? Yeah,
1: um, that.
3: my
1: manager at the time was Barry Katz, who said, yeah. so Phil Hartman is, is retiring, likely, and they're looking for someone um, a little older to play older males and do some good impressions. So I went in there and I did as many as I could. Because when I get to Manhattan, the clubs would, wouldn't take me seriously if i did impressions so i had to learn how to monologues and shit and i was good enough at it to get in the club but you know i wasn't like right. i wasn't giving seinfeld a run for his money or anything but i was okay i was good enough to get in a club so that they could see me one day you know what right, i mean right okay
3: where'd
1: they get, where'd they get you at uh, where'd
3: they get me at i was strolling down the street in chicago <laughs> around about 1998 Right. someone tapped me on the shoulder and said, no, I was at Second City. And, um.
1: In in Chicago.
3: Yeah, in Chicago. I was in the same cast as Tina for two. And Adam McKay, we were in the same cast for the first. Can you
1: imagine what a group that was? Oh, my
3: gosh. It was so fun. It was so fun. Well, you know, when I was in the touring company, um, the main stage had uh, Amy Sedaris, Stephen Colbert, and Steve Carell all in the same cast. So,
0: what the hell? Um, yeah, my God. That's insane.
3: <laughs> I know. So, um, but anyway, yeah, well, I was in Second City, so I was on the main stage for, like, three years. And the, the very like, – I just got on the main stage when – like, SNL didn't come around like clockwork. It wasn't like, every June they come – it was just like you never knew. So it could go a couple years without them coming. So um, anyway, they came, like, right when I was first on the main stage. And I was pretty green for, like – I didn't have a lot of characters and – I was even pretty green for being up on the giant stage that was the main stage. So anyway, they've, they picked like almost everyone, but me and a couple other <laughs> unfortunates to go out and audition. So then of course you think like, Oh, I suck. Like this will never happen. Not, but by then, after you've been in Chicago that long, like it's not like SNL is the only thing. like, you know, you've, you, you're just having fun up there at second city. But of course, when SNL comes through, it, it's a big deal. So um, anyway, then I sort of just, you know, let go of that, whole dream i guess but but i was still at second city and then you
1: didn't didn't get it the first time so you like you stopped dreaming
3: i I, I stopped dreaming about (laughs) snl but i was still dreaming about comedy daryl so anyway um, so yeah then i I stayed at second city and i did uh three more shows after that one and then like right when i was about to leave they came through again you know this is three years later i guess Mm -hmm. and uh then i got to audition and um but I didn't get the show that year. Then I had to, then I got to audition again the following year. So you know, the the, the tale is as old as time about you know, rejection, not getting things your first time, da 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 da. You built up the resilience, as you well know. So
1: Yeah, I I got I got rejected twice and the third time I'm using the same material I got they they hired me. It was the same set. <laughs> oh,
3: really? oh, for real? See, now, because yeah, when, when I auditioned the second time, I thought, oh, I have to come up with new stuff. Now, of course, when you're, once you're on the show, you, you're always having to come up with yourself. But back then, it was like, but these are the three characters I do. <laughs> you know. So then I had to come up with my, my second stringers you know, for the next year. And I didn't think that audition was as good. Like, the first year, I was like, I felt like I did so well that even though I didn't get it, I still felt good. Because you know when at least you feel like you didn't mess up, you're just like, okay, I couldn't have done anything. But the following year, I was like, yeah, that was okay. And then that, that I got it that year. So.
0: <laughs> do you remember the, the characters and the impressions that you did for that last one?
1: For your um, well, I
3: did the, the first year. Oh, like, so I did Calista Flockhart because Ali McBeal was, you know, the big thing back then. Oh,
1: yeah. Um, that was amazing.
3: And uh, the, But I didn't do a lot of impressions. The second time I auditioned, I tried to throw in some more impressions. So I think I did, like, things I never did on the show. But I did, like, Sarah Jessica Parker and... Um. Oh, jeez. Oh, I did Paula Poundstone actually. Oh, yeah. <laughs> niche impression. I was like, you've opened a bunch of pop Judge, and just only one pop and I don't know. It was a long time ago. It was great. It was great. back. But <laughs> it
1: was it was she, she played a club in Orlando once, and I got to watch her do like six sets. You're really? was incredible. See, i have so
3: down good stand up. So I, I admire you guys, but um. Yeah, then then I don't know. Oh, so that, but so then, Daryl, I don't know how it went for you. Like w- after your audition, was it just like you're hired, or like did did you have to wait, or what happened with that after the, the time you got it?
1: I did one, and then about five days went by, and then I got called for another one, um, and then another fucking ten days went by, and then they wanted to see me move if I could move. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Just so
1: <out>. I <laughs> went to the comic strip and did it
3: <laughs> I'm picturing you like, like the opening thing of a chorus like 5, five six seven eight, and you're like, <laughs> <laughs> <Ba-da-da-bum, ba-da-da-bum, laughs> like
0: making yeah. Daryl twerk out there on stage <laughs> yeah. yeah. the scouting report
1: on me is like, does some good voices he's pretty funny can't sing or dance, can't move and so I don't know if you recall most of the damn things I ever did I was seated well yeah Because I can't move. I don't move well. Nor
3: can I, but I wasn't put through my paces on a a dance routine like you were.
1: Well, uh, (laughs) Phil Harbin was a big guy. They wanted to make sure they had the right look.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I don't don't know what it was. Um, And then we had a dinner at um, (laughs) some restaurant, I don't know, and Higgins was there and I just remember Marcy Klein, like, <clears throat> brushing something off of Lauren's shoulder. And I went, <gasps> you know, someone touched him.
3: <laughs>
1: like, wait, she just touched him. Right? <laughs> I was just so in awe and scared. Yeah. Uh-huh. Hard to talk. Did you find him easy to talk to?
3: Well, I mean, not really. But also, I I, bl- I blame myself, Daryl, Because I'm, like, I I'm, have I'm a very shy side so when I'm around Lauren I, I'm very shy so i yeah. I think I'm partly i'm it's fifty percent my fault
1: <laughs> <laughs> this, this, this is me around Lauren, all right no matter what he's saying I'm saying yeah.
3: yeah yeah
1: right yeah uh-huh yeah but I don't want to actually say anything that sound like a fucking dumbass you know because
3: yeah well see, I feel like I used to creep around there a lot like um just tell me where to go and I'll do what it like I was very sort of I mean not with like the cast, but I think around him I, I just very like meek and like hiding hiding in a corner <laughs> a shrinking violet or something I don't know but um but yeah uh, yeah but but it's funny like now that i'm now that I'm off the show um, I feel a little more comfortable <laughs> maybe because I'm older and wiser I don't know.
1: I don't know that I actually have had a conversation with him. The people I've seen him have conversations with make me think that I, I shouldn't be talking to people like that. You know, the biggest people in the whole world. You know that little nook there, where he watches the show. Oh yeah,
3: yeah, oh yeah. No, I don't set foot in the nook. Don't get me
1: wrong. No, I I won't walk. I mean, I barely walk by there. Yeah. People, who is there anyone that you that that you've ever heard of that? doesn't seem to end up in that nook once in a while <laughs> sooner or later sooner or later you know tom brady or nicole
0: kidman's gonna be sitting in that damn
1: right nook.
3: right, right. <laughs> exactly it's funny because like
0: you guys every time we have somebody on that worked on snl with daryl you guys always talk about um like the lore of of lauren michaels and the mystique and i've never met the guy i don't know but like it just sounds like uh he's just this this figure almost where you're just like Are you real? Like I like (laughs) I I feel like (laughs) so intimidated.
3: It's but it's kind of up to you of how you you know go with that relationship sort. Well maybe it's not if I guess if you get if you get fired, then it's not up to you, but well it's
1: hard though, if you're sitting at a table at Orso and Stallone is sitting next to Lauren and then Neil Simon comes over and gives him a hug and then people start talking at the table and telling their stories and you're expected to tell your story too a story which relates to what they're talking about and and you're like you know say something like yeah and then we got to the store and they were all out of long handled spoons <laughs> you know and then there's a silence and then a lower one will go yeah i remember this one time i was sitting on the berlin wall right <laughs> <laughs> you know what you're,
3: you're reminding me of? And I don't know if you experienced this, but so if, when we were sitting around for rehearsal, like on the floor with the host, I was so bad at like, like chatting with the host and making them feel comfortable and everything. And like, like Polar and like Jimmy Fallon, they were just expert. I mean, they're just, I mean, Jimmy has this show. Where he's so good at this, you know, and Polar just can just like talk to anybody. And, and I would just stand there silently and, you know, especially if it was like just me and the host standing there, I just had, like, I have to think of something to say. And I just like, so do you live in New York or LA? Like, I was such a <laughs> n- social null set with the stars. Cause, <laughs> I don't know. I just never had that, you know, welcome to the party. I remember,
1: I remember watching Tracy Morgan having a conversation with J-Lo. <laughs> it was one of the most interesting things I've ever seen. <laughs> I, like. I would
0: kill to be a fly on the wall for that conversation.
1: <laughs> you know, Tracy's just so up, you know, up front and yeah. out there. Whatever is, whatever's in here, you're going to get
3: right, right. right.
1: And um, it was wonderful to watch, but no, I couldn't talk to those fucking people. <laughs> I mean, you know, I I couldn't. No. I, I didn't know how to do that. You know, yeah. And they expect you to say something like. I remember, like, I think it was Colin Farrell or something that was trying to talk to me, and I was just like, dude, I work here. I work in the basement. I'm a nerd and a little bit of a freak. And I don't know anything about 401ks. And let me out of here, you know? <laughs> um, It was hard. It was. I was always intimidated by them. Like you're sitting on a set and Tom Brady's sitting there. Hmm. Right.
3: Uh, but didn't you find like when it was the at- was athletes or politicians or it, like they didn't really like in a good way they they didn't care because they um, they they were, they were like oh I'm really good at comedy they were just there to have fun so those shows were always a little more. Uh,
1: I thought their shows were always great because they don't actually understand that there's something in this world that won't work out for them. <laughs> okay, they're not gonna be able to do, right? right? There's some door that just won't be open. They don't. They just don't understand it. And I don't know if you recall, but there was a sketch with Brady, and there was a, he played a guy at a fair.
3: Oh yeah, that, he couldn't throw. Really... <laughs> tell <laughs> me this. Missing. Tell this story. Well, it was um like a carnival thing. Where you just had to throw a football through a tire, and he kept missing or something. What was well, he there t- was a,
1: the Lauren cut a hole in the board about this big. So he's like 20 feet away, Tom yeah. was. Yeah. And in the sketch, he plays a guy who's trying to throw a ball through the circle, but he right, can't. Right. right. And it was like, he couldn't do that. He oh. could not throw it through the circle.
3: Oh, I don't he, was,
1: that. he could not, his brain couldn't compute that. Oh, okay. Like from 20 feet away, I'd throw a ball through the circle. Okay. And then you say, okay, Tom, now you can't throw the ball through the circle. He's like, I, uh, uh, don't you remember?
3: I don't, I don't remember that part of it.
1: And I then there I was like, know. yeah, so I guess someone made a little mark to the right of the circle oh, okay. which, this far away, just this far away. And they said, hit that. And he hit that every time. <laughs> but getting back to your original point, they come in there and they're used to stuff working out for them and they just have a good time.
3: Right. They have a good. I mean, job.
1: Jeter had a great show.
3: Who did?
0: Derek Jeter.
1: Oh
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep.
0: Did you I have do you have a host that you
3: liked uh, that he was
0: like your favorite
3: at all, Rachel? Um well everyone asks this, right, Daryl? What do you say? I, I there's like the old stand okay, okay. Well for me, like the people that I watched growing up who then those people were like, I can't believe I'm in a scene with like Steve Martin. You know, that was like
0: yeah, that's yeah. like
3: lifelong dream. I'm in a scene with Steve Martin. Or, like, Dan Aykroyd or the people from the original. Um, uh, yeah, I figure it's better to ask if you
0: have a favorite than, rather than the worst.
3: <laughs> I know. Well, you know what? I want to say also, like, because we were mere actors on the show, we didn't really have to deal with people's bad behavior if they had any. I always tell people, like, everyone that came in there is so nervous, even if they're an Oscar winner or whoever they are. They're nervous to do live TV. So I think most people on their best behavior, but then if they weren't, I never saw it. I think it was the people, the producers and head writer and stuff like that that had to deal with any hissy fits. I don't know. What do you say, Gerald?
1: I think that I saw um, people on their best behavior, including people who were supposed to be famous divas
3: mm-hmm.
1: um, that are, are, are intimidated by the place.
3: Yeah, yeah.
1: You know, I, I, I mean, never, I remember watching Pavarotti. They said he was a diva. And he had to have a special couch in his dressing room. But that cat showed up on time, and he was polite and quiet.
3: Wait, who did you say? Pavarotti. Oh, okay, okay.
1: He sang sang on a Christmas number.
3: Why wasn't you know, that done? It was then?
1: incredible. Um, I don't know.
3: And See, also, like, there were people that were you know, the people that had come back a lot of times. Like, they were kind of old pros that like. Tom Hanks. So that was really fun. because um, yeah. Christopher, Christopher Walken was fun just because, like, it was so, <laughs> like, oh, my God, this Chris Christopher Walken. And you don't know what he's going to Like, I don't know. You know, I had done a show. Um, it was my first year there, and he had hosted. And it's your first year, like, no one knows who you are or anything. And I bumped into him. On the upper west side he was like i can't do a christopher walken but he was like it was raining he's like you're gonna catch a cold (laughs) that was the worst worst (laughs) walk ever but i was like so amazed that he even remembered i was on the show because it was like i don't know (laughs) when you're first (laughs) on you're just like in the background all the time
0: was there ever a sketch where everyone had to do a christopher walken impression to christopher walken because I feel like that would be.
3: I don't know, but clearly I would not be in it. Because oh.
0: everybody has a Christopher Walken impression, uh, even if it's terrible. Everyone does. I remember doesn't. there
1: was one sketch where everyone in the sketch did Christopher Walken, and they cut me from the sketch because oh, I, I, I did not have a good Christopher Walken.
3: No I'm way! The only
1: living performer. I don't believe it. No, I don't I, believe that either.
3: I mean, I, I believe they cut you, but I don't believe that you don't have a good Walken.
1: <laughs> there was one where I was doing Gable, Clark Gable. And uh I think they cut it. It, did, it went it went okay in read-through, it went okay in tech, and then in, in dress. I fumbled my line. You know, did you ever have that? You know, I'm walking out there in yeah. dress rehearsal, and I just didn't get the line right, because there's only 12 fucking things to think about, from camera angles to makeup yeah. to a script you've never seen before.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I, I didn't know what to say, so I, I said something like, I never. I mean, I just.
0: <laughs> I modern? feel like every time you Rachel was on on camera with Jimmy Fallon, you guys always crack each other up, and broke a little bit.
3: Um, I don't. I mean, I don't remember that. I remember laughing. Yeah, maybe not. No, no. I mean, I'm sure I did. I'm not denying. I laughed. <laughs> I tried not to laugh, but um, I remember laughing in that hot tub a lot with Will Ferrell.
0: Oh, right. Um, and then part part. of course the
3: Debbie Downer that you know huge crack up. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, that is, uh, is probably my favorite moment on the show. Even though you try not to laugh, because like I would say, it's kind of a cheap way to get the audience on your side if you break all the time. Because yeah, yeah but before I was on the show, I loved when people broke. It's like it was so fun. Oh, I still remember it's that. It's great. Miss Farley, and Matt Foley, with David Spade mm-hmm. on the couch laughing, and it's like. Mm-hmm. I, but um, yeah, I would try not to laugh. But that Debbie Downer like was just off the rails. But but I like it because sometimes. Did you ever crack
1: up, up during Debbie Downer?
3: Well, yeah, that first one at Disney World. I don't know if you remember the- I this. I don't. Tell me, the very mean, first one.
1: I may have been. Okay. I might have been on so, special uh, K. It depends on what drug I was on.
3: No, it's <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's all right. No, um, this was the first one, and we were at Disney World with Lindsay Lohan, and um, I don't even know why I started laughing, but I started laughing, and I, I knew that that camera was coming in every time, and so it's like a study in trying not to laugh, like in close up. And I broke, you know, just over and over again. And uh, even though, like, I walked off, like, I don't know, it was just, it was just so fun. Even though it's not.
0: What, what yeah. was the
1: musical note exactly when they would cut to you? Or something like. Oh,
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah, they had a variety of trombone. <laughs> and sometimes they'd be like, wah, wah, and other times like, wah, wah. and then when the cat, when I mentioned feline AIDS, it goes meow, meow. So oh. the whole <laughs> slew. <of laughs> <coughs> yeah.
0: I'm surprised they haven't brought you back to do like a 2020 Debbie Downer. Well, you
3: know what? We did last year, actually, um, and it was a little strange because you know, it was right, it was right before the pandemic like really hit. And no. everything was just so bad. And everyone was saying to me like I mean, I don't mean everyone, I don't mean the I don't mean the masses were clamoring for it, but I mean my <laughs> friends were saying like, there should be a Debbie Donner right now. So we asked Lauren and he said yes. Yeah. So we did one and um it was it was I don't know, it wasn't <clears throat> you no know, it was a little hard because what Debbie Donner really needs is the setup of people having a good time for right. her to come in and ruin it. But you know, when the show is tight for time and stuff, all the lines of that, like, end up getting cut, like, all the regular scene gets slashed and burned, so that it's just her kind of saying a bunch of downers, so it's sort of hard to, to make it... Um,
1: yeah, explain that a little bit again, because I, I keep telling people about the degree of difficulty getting a laugh there. Like, yes. you're running at... The, the, the sketch is long.
3: Right, so right. They're gonna
1: pull some lines out of there.
3: Right, so I mean, well, first of all, this is kind of funny, but... <laughs> So I write those with Paula Pell, right? So Paula and I were writing it. She was in L.A. and I was here. And we were writing it with – she was typing it all. So we we found out later, like, we weren't in the right program. So when we turned in the sketch, we didn't know it, but it was 18 pages. <laughs> so, oh, it was, like, the sketch is supposed to be, like, you know, eight pages. Around. So first we just had to, like, cut the hell out of it. <laughs> but then the show is running long. So then they come in, you know – well, first we had to cut a bunch before we even went to dress. Then, then they come in after dress, like, you, you have to cut, like, you know, just huge chunks, pages, da-da-da. And, um,
1: and they put a square on the page and an X yeah, on it.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. that's why, by the way, for you, you listeners at so, home, <laughs> before I was ever on the show, I thought, like, why do people read those cue cards? You know, if I ever got on the show, I wouldn't read. I'd memorize. But what happens is, first of all, you know the host has to be on cue cards because they're in every sketch. And second of all, that there's all these last minute changes right before you go on. So if you if you just had it in your head, you would have no idea. So that and that, friends, is why people read the cue cards. But um, but yeah. So, so you have to know what? That, what'd you say?
1: Why people do what?
3: Read the cue cards. Oh know. yeah. To use the cue cards. But um, yeah. So that's you have to be on your toes, right, Daryl, to not know to know like, oh yeah, that whole chunk is gone now and.
1: I mean, I did this one, I've told this, and I think I told this in another one of our installments, so forgive me, Chris, but I did this one where I was playing Dan Rather in the middle of the room, <clears throat> and I had, a, I had to go in three minutes from Rather to Tony Soprano, and during that three minutes, this scaffolding fell on my head. Not, a, not an injury. It startled me. A scaffold, pal. Um, pancake in my mouth glue in my eye but they make me up like tony soprano in three minutes and i'm over there when when the sketch opens i hadn't seen the first couple of cue cards i got so scared i just started doing marlon brando i i had to make it was you know it was molly's 50 year old dancer i knew she was gonna steal she was gonna crush right and i was like let me just not fuck this thing up because i don't i can't remember how to do tony soprano now so i started doing marlon brando (laughs) (laughs) she's <laughs> <laughs> 50 and it's like people like going, Sup- oh, Sup- wow. Sup- <laughs> did anybody ever say anything to you
0: Daryl did they go what were you doing
1: yeah some of my friend um um Eddie said afterward nice Brando I'm like you tried doing Tony Soprano with chalk in your mouth and blue on your eyebrow well, well better if he said it than Lauren oh <laughs> well, I'm sure Lauren I, was one, of the, huh? one more thing
3: one more thing I thought about that Jimmy Downer we did last year is um it was it was on a Saturday, obviously, and we had all these jokes. Like there was a wedding, and I came in with a like a huge mask on, and there was a reveal, and it was the, the whole joke was like, "Aha! Uh-huh, look at this person who's being the big downer here." And then things happened so fast. Like my son's school was canceled that Tuesday. Like literally two days, three days later, oh, shit. everything shut down. And it was, it just shows, like, how quick, you know, then what we thought was really funny three days ago is now, like, a mass, you know, health emergency. So, um... Ugh,
0: not all that ages well,
3: temporal, I guess. <laughs> temporal nature of comedy, right, Daryl?
1: Comedy there. <laughs> I think doing comedy there is, like, being, like, someone uh, um, just standing there and throwing baseballs at you, you know, just, like it's so hard to get that impression out there. So many problems, you know, cause I was right. also specific about, you know, I never created any of those scripts. I just tailored the language. So right. that was my contribution to the show was here's how the guy would say it. And I was yeah. constantly trying to tailor the language. So it would come out like the person and it, it, when they're cutting at the last minute, you know, it never did. Um oh,
3: okay, right. Doesn't
1: maybe right. my my imagination and really I think you know Lauren's attitude is sort of like, so you're um, in the major leagues? Yeah. This is a big league show? Right, right. <laughs> you're supposed to know how to do that. Right,
3: right. You know, that's yeah. the
1: feeling I always got, like, you're supposed to know how to do this.
3: Yeah.
1: Okay, so you know, going back to something you were saying earlier about ho guest hosts. I, you know how on Tuesday night the host goes from office to office and hears oh, ideas I from, about
3: that. Huh? I forgot about that
1: yeah and hears ideas from all the usually Emmy award winning writers right yeah so Paris Hilton goes in the first office comes out of the second office with a little dog and she was in a slight huff and she said to her assistant how many more of these do we have to do And I thought, wow. Wow. Yeah, De Niro doesn't act like that. Uh, You know what I'm saying? When Pesci's here, he doesn't do that. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't know. It's a little weird. (laughs) Uh I I couldn't imagine being bored by that place. I couldn't.
3: uh, Oh, yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. And I tried to (laughs) talk to her, and I, I. I thought she would, like, I thought, I, 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 I was like, hi, how are you? I don't know why I did this, Rachel. I'm such, I'm, a, I'm a crazy person in a way. I don't know why I picked this host. And I was like, how's it going? And hi, how are you? She gave me this look like this. Watch this. Ready? This is the look. Like I said, I'm going to pee on you now.
3: Right, right, right. Okay.
1: Like, the thought of talking to someone like me kind of fucked her head up. She was like, you know, like, I'll, I'm going to pee. You know what I mean?
3: Yeah, yeah, a yeah. look of
1: pure disgusting. disgust. Like, you know, I've been on the show a while. People know me.
3: Right. I can talk
1: to the host. but she was just like, get away. Stop.
3: Oh gosh. I think you landed on your feet.
1: I I sometimes wonder. <laughs> Difficult to tell over there sometimes.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah, because of the nature of the beast, the 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 different ways that your your voyage can go bad.
3: <laughs> yes. You know,
1: there's so many ways to cut a sketch that I'm not sure everyone can work there. I don't know how I did. Yeah. I mean, didn't you have like things you were... And did you just do a Debbie Downer face? Oh, I
3: didn't mean to. I didn't mean to. This <laughs> <laughs>
1: Debbie
3: Downer lives within me. Um, no, what did you say? Did I ever have things, cut? <laughs>
1: No, no, I think I'm being really boring right now, so let's get back
0: to you. <laughs> oh, no, no, you're not.
3: No, it's funny. I was thinking that about myself. Okay,
0: let's... Well, uh, one thing that uh, I know that you are on now is Mr. Mayor, right? Did you do a little guest yeah, starring? A little <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. We just had um, Bobby Moynihan on our podcast.
3: Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, I listened to the Catan episode. It was, it was really good.
0: Oh, good. Um, Thank you very much. We loved I it. Have... We loved having K- Chris on here, so if Chris oh, is listening... God. Come yeah. back on sometimes. It was so
3: fun. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see. Um, yeah. So yeah. So Tina has a new show with Ted Danson called Mr. Mayor, and um, I played a hippy dippy teacher. And um, I flew out to I had to fly for the first time and all this to L.A. Yeah. Um, How did
0: you feel about that? Was that was that weird experience? Was nervous,
3: I, it was fine. It was fine. I mean, I turned out okay. So um, <laughs> yeah, i think a few more of those. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. I remember I, I, I was getting a quick COVID test and Lindsay Shookus was walking through there. She's like, Hey, I heard you have a podcast. How is that? And I went, I think sometimes it's pretty good. You know? Uh-huh. But I don't know what I'm doing half the time. <laughs> so I'm like, sometimes it's not that great. And Chris has to jump in and, oh my gosh. Stand well, up and I'm I'm just the
0: uh, I'm just the guy that rides an SNL, you know, legends coattails here. That's you know, I do stand up, but I mean nobody knows who the oh, fuck okay. I am. So okay. I, I can be when I sucked so many times. You no, know? nah, you do great. Sometimes I just jump in because I feel like you're, you. Uh, you're like, all right, I'm done talking now. You, your, your turn. You, you need it. Sometimes, Sometimes I'm, I'm like, like, we played
1: this point. This point out, bro. I can't think of nothing <laughs> else. <laughs> I can't think of nothing else. All right, we covered that one. Unless you want yeah. to hear my
0: Stallone story. <laughs> we talked about that. Do you have any fun stories, Rachel, from like SNL while you were there with Daryl at all?
3: Oh my gosh! Well, I just I don't know. Like I said, I mean, Daryl Daryl didn't go to the parties, right, Daryl?
0: That's right. No, were you there for Tablegate? We talked with um.
3: Oh, when the oh the Horatio. party. Oh, you know, I was there, but I certainly I was like I don't participate in like Tablegate. I was around. <laughs> I've heard about it. Was that you like not bring the, bring the person
0: like, that threw up all over the place? <laughs> no,
3: I don't stay I didn't stay for the like true debauchery. But actually when I was first hired, you know, you go to the party, then you go to the after-after, and then you come out when the suns coming up and it was like, you know, heady times, you know. But um but it was super fun, but um but no, it wasn't like, you know, the the 70s where people were as far as I knew doing like hardcore drugs. I don't know. But um Anyway, I never even—I
1: uh, didn't see anyone do hardcore. No, I, you know, did
3: I I, don't I never anyone. saw
1: hardcore drugs at all. I, I was thinking, expecting to see that. I never did. Yeah. Uh, there might have been some recreational herb. Um, yeah. Yes. By <laughs> some musician types.
3: Yes, I remember. Not on the sh-
1: not on the show, you know.
3: Okay. okay. <laughs> not on the show. Oh, right, right. So I let—I never ever really smoked pot. Um, and then one time. Um, for some reason, remember that guy John Zonars? He was a music guy. Anyway, <laughs> I was at the I was at the, the, the after party, and he offered me, <laughs> he offered me a hit of pot, guys. And it was and, and so I I don't know I just was like I did it, but it turns out it was um, from the Black Crows. For the and um, it was it was so strong I never smoked pot, and then I was well, my, wait, my cousin well, was there. Well, the black crows. For, I think the rumor was that it had come from the black crows. Mm, like, so
1: this was you know, black crows weed.
3: It was black crows weed. Yeah, and it was it was really um, strong. And then I went back to my table where my younger cousin was, and I was like, Bleh. I was just you know high as a kite, which I don't usually I don't usually do that because I'm a good girl. But anyway, well, <laughs> well, none of us <laughs> so are cops here. Many, like, okay. <laughs> I know, but no, Daryl. I just remember Daryl was like you know the master, so you were like in your own category of
1: of well I wasn't a sketch player so I didn't write sketches I didn't know anything about sketches or how to do them I was just this guy they plugged in like a field goal kicker you know (laughs) which is not a bad gig turns out not bad at all (laughs) Right, indeed Chris do you have a question I just ran out
3: I got to feel the I got to feel the fires of, um,
1: the podcast. I don't know. <laughs> like how does, how do, I mean, I don't think I have a natural gift for gab. I mean, if you put me in, it seems like when you put me in something with Chris, I end up having a decent conversation with people, but like, if it was my own thing, like I did a uh, Rob Lowe interview me recently.
3: Oh yeah.
1: And he's great. Right. He's really good at this. Yeah. Um, but I need, I need a little help from my friends. To get through something too. like this,
3: me too.
0: So I'm glad that I ride your coattails, and then it seems like you ride mine back.
1: lean <laughs> <Yeah, totally laughs> on you. You do all the work. Yeah, I just show up like a male lion at the end of the day and go, uh, "Gimme."
0: <laughs> well, I, I mean, I don't know. I um, I know that um, you were kind of a regular for a little while on Thirty Rock too, right?
3: Oh God, here we go. <laughs>
0: Wait, I can I can cut this out too. You know?
3: <laughs> no, no, no. It's totally. Yes. I was on 30 rock and then I wasn't on 30 rock. And yeah, I know,
0: I might know about the pilot, but I know, I mean, I know you were also doing more. You came back as like a, a couple of characters. Yeah, I did a whole
3: right? bunch of characters. Yeah, yeah. When I left the show. I did a whole bunch of 30 rock characters. Um, it's like, it's fun. So <laughs> I just, whenever I do like, um, a, a, a whatever, I just did a podcast, um, a couple weeks ago and like every interview i do they always ask about 30 rock and then I, oh "Oh my god but i don't mind talking about it all but it's just like to me it's just boring because i've already told it like a hundred times but but anyway yeah that's why that's why i reacted like that no Um,
0: worries no problem i mean like yeah i'm sure you've gotten this a million times over and you know but i've I've never met you so i would you know i'd like to hear it it's good (laughs)
1: I mean, back in the day, um, I was doing lots of stand-up around the country and lots of corporate gigs and going to lots of different cities and American cities. And every single city from friggin' Santa Fe to Key West, some of them would walk up to me and go, I did not have sexual relations with that woman and do their Clinton. And you'd have to go, oh, See, you you could do my job, huh? You know, I didn't know what to say. I did not have... I mean, a hundred times? It still happens, but not much.
3: That's kind of flattering, though, isn't it? I don't know. It is kind of
1: flattering, but I think the person wanted me... They
3: want you to be like... Sincerely
1: on their impression of Bill Clinton and...
3: Right, right, right. ...and
1: wanted to do the High Wire Act for me.
3: Right.
1: So I was bound to be encouraging... Yeah, it was, it was. I guess kind of flattering. Um Just a little bit weird. Right up in your face. They they think they know you because they see you on TV and they're like, "I know you." Yeah, yeah. You know.
3: Well, people are always super nice. I think in the city, like in the city, when they come up to me, and you know, I don't like. It's just a good a goodly medium level of of whatever. No,
1: well, I um, I was a... At Cheney's house one night. and um, Ooh, name
0: uh,
3: dropper. Wow.
1: <laughs> you know, I mean, I used to, you know, Lauren would send me to Cheney's house with Lindsay Shookus, and she would be the person standing next to me when, when, you know, Supreme Court Justice John Roberts walks over and wants to talk about tort reform. And I'm like, yeah, I couldn't talk to John Roberts. Chief <laughs> Justice Roberts that guy's so smart I, my brain would start getting tired you know
3: yeah. and Lindsay
1: would step in and talk to him, all these people she's yeah, a yeah, yeah. conversationalist
3: right yeah
1: and um, there was this one really famous newscaster's wife and I had just done him the week before she walks up and someone is like half holding onto her shoulder she's like cheap shot cheap shot I'm like at the vice president's mansion there was a shape shot and it's like hi, Misha Shukas. How's it going? Next thing you know, they're old friends exchanging recipes. You know, she's really good with people.
3: Wait, but he was—they were saying cheap shot to you
1: because I had done something oh, okay. um, about. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. I think it was Britt Hume. Oh man. Huh. And I guess his wife thought it was a cheap oh, shot. Wow. Okay.
0: Daryl, you've lived quite the life, man. I mean, these stories about like these people who you've been able to like go to their house and. Spend time with like this is like you know it's it's incredible and I don't we haven't mentioned Thirty Rock? I was like I, I feel like he should have his own character. He should be starring at Thirty Rock. Well, <laughs> there's so much stories and lore around Daryl Hammond. Not not yeah. And
1: now years. I sit in my apartment uh, in the Upper West Side, um, shrouded in cobweb and oh. rocky chair. Yeah,
3: but we're all like that right now. So
1: yeah, yeah, we're all on the we're same all level now. in our
3: apartment, so it's okay. You blend right in now.
1: Right. I might have to go to LA next month. I'm a little squeamish
0: about getting on that plane.
3: Oh yeah. well. Yeah. I mean,
0: I'm, I'm looking to go home back to I mean, My parents live out in LA. I lived out there for a long time okay. and uh, I, um, I'm weird about going back. I mean, I was, you know, I was talking to them. I'm like, I don't know if it's safe and I got to, you know, make sure I don't get them sick unknowingly. <laughs> and, you know, I got to quarantine up until I leave, get tested a couple of times and then get tested when I get in there. You know, it's, it's, like, a nerve-wracking experience, and especially, like, I mean, they're hopefully going to go and work out there, but, like, I'm sure that they're going to have to test him a ton and make sure he gets right. quarantined, and right,
3: right.
0: I don't know. I mean, how did you – you felt good about, like, flying during – Well, I mean you know, Was that recently for, a thir- yeah, for Mr. May? Yeah, like, a
3: couple of weeks. So, so when you go out, you know, for a show, you get to fly a business class, so – um, So all I, the
0: sick, poor people well, go in the back.
3: Exactly. No, but, I mean, the seats were pretty far apart. I don't know. That's good. Yeah,
0: it was okay. Yeah, I mean, I flew back. uh, I know Daryl and I were both in California when it hit, and then uh, we both came back to New York around the same time. And I flew back in July, and I think that's when he came back too. But like they had all the middle seats blocked off, which was nice. And the flights weren't that full because people were scared to fly, and you know, and obviously people didn't need to fly as much because you know, most people weren't, most people's companies weren't making them travel. You know, a lot of production wasn't really going during the summer, so people weren't, you know, going back and forth. But anyway, like, I'm a little nervous. I don't know if, um, you know, I don't know if it's going to be okay, but I hope so. Mm. You know, I'm I'm glad you're not doing the Debbie Downer
3: thing. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to be in coach prepare for it, put your tray down for COVID. I don't know what that was. Yeah. You're
0: a funny girl. <laughs> oh, man. A funny person. Have you um, have you ever tried stand-up before, Rachel?
3: No, I haven't. And um, I've only done improv where you're, you know, in the safety of a group sort of thing. So yeah. um, I've never had the, the courage to do stand-up. So it's like it seems like a whole different beast to me. <clears throat> um,
0: yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm on the opposite side where I'm a little nervous. To, I've never tried improv before because – I always know that I can rely on myself yeah. and jokes that I've got going. But if I try to do improv, I don't know. I think that I would panic if something just fell flat, and I would try to do my stand-up oh. and revert back to that.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah. Oh. The improv, the improv people are the real magic
0: people. That's that's what I'm saying. It's it's, it's pretty impressive when I watch good improv. Man, it's, it's just it's incredible to watch.
3: Well, when you first start out in improv, uh, you know, as you know, it's all about the fear. So. Once you lose that, you know. I think most people in beginning improv classes, you try to plan something ahead, you know, and then once you stop doing that, then you're then you can like zen out about the whole thing. So, um yeah, in terms of trying to think up jokes ahead of time, I think everyone does that at the beginning, and then <laughs> you learn like that's not that's not the oh way.
1: Oh boy! You know? Oh boy! Oh boy! I, I was I would scare the hell out of me. <laughs>
0: I'm surprised you never tried it, Daryl. I mean, just because you know having worked it on SNL, here, it's like,
1: all right, here's an apple, but it's really a sewing machine. Go. <laughs> like, I, I couldn't do it. Like, I, I, I used to see those improvs. and
0: I just couldn't do it. And that's how Chris Kattan made mango. <laughs> right,
3: Maybe Mr. Peepers, yeah. Mr.
0: Peepers, I mean, it's sorry. Apple.
3: No, no, no. <laughs>
0: I don't know, man. I mean, did you ever, like... So did one of your characters from Improv ever make it to SNL? I'm assuming a few, right?
3: Uh, Well, just on the Boston thing was a scene that I had done with Tina at Second City. We had done a scene of um, a mother and daughter shopping at the Burlington Mall in Massachusetts. And uh, Tina does a great Boston act. For someone that's not from there, she's, like, nailed it. But anyway, so then when we both got to the show, uh, we would write those together, um, the Sully and Denise things. But aside from that, well, there was... There was another one scene, only, I only did it one time where I was this, this cleaning lady who was from like an indeterminate, whatever, undetermined um, Eastern European country. And I, I just had had this really hard life and people were complaining in the office about their little trivial things. Anyway, I had done that at Second City. We did that on SNL. But I think that's the only thing. Maybe. I don't know. I think so. Yeah, Then because I think also like at Second City you think you can just transfer all your scenes to SNL, but there's a huge learning curve because at Second City you could have sort of slower scenes or more just character development and then you learn at SNL like you need like joke, 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 joke. You know, even if you're going to have a character it has to just take off more quickly. It has to so, happen fast. Yeah, and also at Second City we would write we never sat at a computer and wrote our scenes. We were on our feet like getting a suggestion from the audience and then that's how we wrote a scene. But then at SNL, you're in an office staring at a computer. It's a whole different thing. So it took me a while to sort of figure out how to even write an SNL.
1: I I never wrote one sketch. There was a time um, when Jim Brewer wrote, had an idea for me and I had an idea and Brewer wrote it up for me. Colin Quinn wrote one up for me, but I, I couldn't figure that damn thing out.
3: Well, I mean, I had also, you know, Tina was there and, um, yeah, eventually I, I wrote a lot with Emily Spivey and Paula Pell, and, and I wrote The Lover's Thing with Will Ferrell. But I didn't like writing by myself. I always liked having that other person to bounce things off of, or, you know, with Tina. She well, I mean, writing.
1: I was pretty good at writing for myself coming from stand up. That's all I didn't yeah. really know how to do.
3: Yeah, that's I didn't true. know how
1: to include other people in it, you know? Oh, okay,
3: gotcha. And
1: really, SNL is not the place to learn a craft,
3: it's hard. <laughs>
1: You, you kind of need to know what you're doing when you get there, right?
3: Because yeah. there are some people that came through there they are so funny and talented and totally working now, but they didn't. They never knew how to get their funny characters in that whole SNL sketch format. Yeah. And so, yeah. yeah. And then you start to get scared because you're not getting your sketches on and then you start to be in panic mode and that's, that's not a good place to try to create from. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, panic i panicked. I'm panicked. No.
0: <laughs> and do you ever have a, like a sketch that uh, we talked about this in the past with Daryl, but like, do you ever have a sketch that you just like loved? You know, like, this is going to be hilarious. I oh swear God. to God. And then you kept pitching it and it just kept getting either cut for time or, you know, never made it on the air, basically.
3: Oh my God. Well, the one that comes to mind is this character that, well, so Andrew Steele had written this, um, Ilion, the musical thing. And he came no. in as Elyon, the Cuban boy, um, yeah. which was the name of the musical, and um, and it's like, and played by David Mac Wilson, like he created this like child star character. So then we wrote these David, this David Mac Wilson sketch. Like I was this obnoxious uh, boy. Ch- no, I had, I had this scene at Second City where I was like a child star that had had grown up and not never dropped all her child stars. So anyway, but I was this I was this obnoxious like showbiz kid. And it was so funny to us. We were laughing so hard writing it. And then it did do really well at the table. And then, and I was already imagining like, in the second episode of this, we'll put this, like, you know, when you, you start to imagine like the franchise, you're just jammed. So anyway, um, <laughs> but then we did it, a dress rehearsal and it just died. Like it just ah. died a horrible death. I think like I was dressed in kind of a suit. So it was like, it was hard to tell like, wait, am I a kid? What, what? Anyway, I don't know what happened, but um no one understood. <laughs> I There's mean, the audience was not buying what I was – they were not buying my wares that night. And so <laughs> that one just, like, face-planted hard. That's the one that I remember the most that never – Does, the, like
1: does the average person know what you mean when you say the table? It didn't do Uh-oh. well. Table and The table read.
3: The table read, that's when, like, everyone, the cast, the host, and Lauren, and everyone's gathered around. So you, when you put your sketches up, then they get read. And, like, sometimes your sketch, you know, kills at the table, or sometimes it gets no laughs, so you know it's not getting in. Sometimes, as you know, Gerald, you can write a sketch that gets a lot of laughs so you feel kind of good about, but then it doesn't get in because maybe, like, the host didn't want to play that, or whatever. It can be very random.
1: The host wants something that's a little more capricious.
3: <laughs> exactly.
1: Yeah. The host wants to be a little more whimsical. So you <laughs> right, right. Right. worked on Wolfman Jack for three straight days. It's <laughs> not going to be in the show this week.
3: Oh yeah. That too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. I remember um, there was this one person that I still hate. I had this cold open that <laughs> I wanted to do so bad. It's like a new character and i was really so happy about it. I don't want to say the person's name, but do it. <laughs> it, got cut, it got cut from the show because the host wanted to sing a Christmas Carol. Oh. Open really had its host heart set. I'm singing a Christmas Carol, maybe for her mom,
0: dad. Oh. <laughs> that didn't Where give me up?
3: any clues. I'm bad at guessing blind items.
0: Oh, we'll, we'll Google <laughs> it. <laughs>
3: Maybe. I was
1: so heartbroken.
3: Oh man. Well wait, who was your impression of?
1: It was um um Lou Dobbs. Okay. Which is not an easy that one. Would... to
3: do. I know, like geez. It,
1: it ended up I ended up getting to do him a couple of times.
3: Wait, I have a dumb question though. Do they ever have you do impressions now on the show? Like didn't they bring you in recently?
1: Last year I came in for Chris Matthews and Clinton.
3: Okay, right, Clinton. Okay.
1: I mean, I'm always around.
3: I know. I wish that they would. I mean, there's so many, but whatever. There's so many like guests, people popping in and all that, and the, and the cast is huge and bloody blah, 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 blah. Um, <laughs> but Daryl, what was your like favorite? Because I know we're talking a lot about the, the fear and the you know things getting. But what was like your one of your favorite? moments on the show of yours like where you were just like woohoo
1: where I felt really good about myself as a performer yeah that's
3: a great question even like what about your your first year or like the first time Don Pardo said your name or anything like that or let's rev on the positive here Gerald.
1: yeah well my I, I never really clicked over there until the second part of the season when Dana came on Dana hosted it and he made sure that my impression of Phil Donahue made it in front of the cameras. Like he pushed it. He's like, I'll do Carson. I just want you to do Donahue. And the guy kinda gave me a break.
3: Oh nice.
1: You know, so I out there and I did I did doing Donahue with Oh
3: my god.
1: With his Carson was pretty oh. pretty darn good.
3: He was so funny too. Pretty
1: darn good. I liked it when um <clears throat> when I was playing, I think Carl Lagerfeld in a sketch and Versace sketch or something, and someone came up and said, Mick Jagger says he has a good log. Do you mind if he does your part? And I'm like, no, <laughs> let this be true. Mick I Jagger wants, wants to do my part. And he came walking up to me and he goes, I'm not going to do Mick Jagger, but he's like, oh, you know, We'll have a go at it, you know. We'll have a go at it. That, <laughs> that voice of his, and I was like, "Wow, fuck yeah, man!"
3: Oh Maybe my that
1: just fucking talk to me.
3: That's so cool.
0: Yeah, what was that moment for you, Rachel?
3: Oh wow. Well, I mean, though I've had a lot of those, you know, fearful, "What the hell am I doing?" moments, as Daryl said. Um, I mean, there are a lot of like a lot of had to, you know, the musical guests, like, "Oh my god." Bruce Springsteen is playing 20 feet away from me, you know, like those moments of like, you know, even when you weren't in the show or whatever, like the fact that you had, you were like in your childhood dream of a show, like, like those pinch me, like, I can't believe I'm here, you know, those kind of things. Um, But I remember like, uh, well, this is like the Cinderella thing, but like my very first show there was the 25th anniversary, but I wasn't in the show yet, but they invited me to just go watch. And so I I walk in, they're like, you've got to get your hair and makeup. And I was like, huh? But I'm just sitting in the audience. And then I had this like Cinderella, like cartoon mice, you know, with a dress. (laughs) And then I'm in the makeup room. And in the room is Lily Tomlin, Dan Aykroyd, and Elvis Costello all getting this tiny room. And I was just, I I think I literally pinched myself because I was like, oh, my God these people are, you know, like Lily Tomlin, come on, you know? So yeah, that, no that was more of like a fangirl moment. And then, um, I don't know, just so much fun with the cast. And I mean, like Will Ferrell in the hot tub laughing and like, just that thing, like, Oh my God, like you write, you write, like they're in a hot tub and then there's a hot tub <laughs> in the studio. Like that weird thing of like ask and you shall receive and you know, they'll anything's possible. You know, I think now if you, or writing on a sitcom or whatever, there's a lot of notes from the studio and stuff. But on SNL, it was just, you know, you write it and if it gets picked, you know, there's nothing too weird or... That's one great thing about Lauren, I think, is like, you know, he lets that weird stuff on to like the, <laughs> the stuff that goes on at 10 to 1, and, you know. Yeah.
1: That was always the spot for the weird stuff.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, the and, great thing about, like, like, you know, the, like sorry to interrupt you, but, like, the great thing about your cast and especially like, I mean, you guys were on together for years that you guys had really great chemistry. Like there was a lot of great chemistry between the performers there and the silliness when well, Daryl and I've talked about this, like silliness is very undervalued in comedy and the silliness on Saturday Night Live when it's done brilliantly, it's just, it's, it's so funny. And that's what you loved about the show is that, you know, the, that the hot tub sketch was so silly, but it was hilarious and it was just fun to watch. And That's what I love about, you know, watching that kind of stuff, especially those years you were on. It was great. And, like, I know that, you know, when you have, like, those kind of chemistry, you know, that kind of chemistry with those type of performers with you, those are, like, you know, you guys are friends still to this day, I'm assuming. Yeah. You know, like, you guys are are, are still, like, cool. And you never really lose that, like, you know, Andrew Steele wrote a sketch called
1: Riding My Donkey. Do you remember that? No. Well, it actually obviously never repeated because the – in the first sketch in the in dress rehearsal the donkeys were trying to bite us.
3: Oh my <laughs> donkey
1: like my donkey wanted my private parts, so oh my God. and um Jesus. we made it through, but then I guess they gave the donkeys because they were so sexual, they gave them um <laughs> what? some kind of drug.
3: Donkey downers. I donkey
1: downer. <laughs> So that when we got on the air, their legs, my donkey, and and another one, the Tim Meadows donkey, their legs just went like that.
3: Oh, Oh, that was (laughs) definitely before my time.
1: I I was playing Sam Donaldson on a donkey. (laughs) And it fell. And then we entered the thing. And we did this. (laughs) And we did that, you know. And uh, I started laughing, and I I couldn't stop. And I thought Lauren was going to be really, really mad at me for doing that. But the donkey (laughs) fell down after trying to bite my Oh,
3: my gosh.
1: Popo, y'all!
3: Mm. I started laughing.
1: I was scared. Wow! <laughs> I, I I look back on the memory very fondly because you, I've never heard the audience laugh harder than that.
3: Yeah, I'm gonna have to look that sketch up. <laughs> I'm gonna, things, I'm gonna, well, I'm gonna have to no, post that on uh, social long.
1: media. <laughs> Riding my donkey, a political talk show.
3: All right, check that out. I'm gonna
0: I'm, I'm gonna, look gonna look that have. up and I'm gonna post it on your social media. <laughs>
1: Oh yeah, I mean I'm up there like trying to do Sam Donaldson. The State Department says the exiled Shaw, the Rand, is suffering from cat. You know, <clears throat> <laughs> I couldn't help it, Rachel. I had to let go.
3: Of course.
1: I had to laugh.
3: You have to sometimes. But I thought um, everyone asked, like, did Lauren get mad when you laughed? Like, I don't think so. I think no. he, got mad, he got mad once when I laughed. But um, it was so I heard. I'm not sure. But um. Yeah, he wouldn't come down. Like, he wouldn't come at you after you laughed. Like, well, what was that? You know, I think it was to be expected from time to time. So,
1: um, I know that Amy Poehler, when we were doing Regis, um, got me to laugh a few times. I couldn't help it. You know, when she bears down on you, she's got so much goddamn talent, man. Yeah. You sit next to that power of that comedic power and, and, and and charisma that she has and have her turn it on you. Right. Trying to get you to laugh. You're going (laughs) to (laughs) laugh. I remember
3: a lot of, a lot of exchange glances with her when like something wouldn't work and we're, you know, out in front of the audience. Like there was this one scene we did where there was this line that I had that was like, making her laugh so much every time. And she, you know that jinx when someone's like, that's so funny. And then we went out to do it in the real show and it got nothing. And we both looked at each other like in the scene on TV where we looked at each other like, oh, oh, oh." you know, (laughs) like what happened? (laughs) (laughs) Funny those like moments between performers when there's like panic or just just... stifling a lot, whatever it is. Yeah, you're right. The chemistry of of really being friends.
1: Yeah, I mean, we all know a roadkill when we see it.
3: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. wait,
1: fuck! This is one of those ones. <laughs> right. When I was first starting stand up, every time I thought I wrote the joke that would revolutionize the world of comedy, I, they, I'd be going to the club and the cat <laughs> laughing about it.
3: <laughs> I'd right, club, right, right.
1: And I get to the club and tell them, people just crickets. Just like what? Yeah. Do you want me to tell you my worst joke?
3: Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought it yeah. was one
1: of my best joke.
3: All right. Okay. I feel like I don't know if I'm supposed
1: to laugh at it or. No, it. you can't laugh at it because it sucks. Okay. 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 All right. Okay. So you know, I'm, I'm I'm just starting out. I'm trying to learn how to be a monologist because I, if I do impressions, they won't hire me. So I'm trying to learn how to do monologues. So I'm, I'm up to the and I had this joke and I, I get to stand up in New York. I can't wait to try this out. And I get up on stage and I'm and at some point in the set. I just go. So I mean, you know, life is just really weird, man. You know. Well, that's weird. I mean, like I'm gonna be up in heaven one day, and when I meet God, I'm gonna point down to earth and I'm gonna say, Hey, what the fuck was that all about? And the audience went. I was like, what the fuck was that all i like repeated? I can see you grimacing.
3: No, I'm smiling under my hands. Yeah. <laughs> I'm laughing because of that. That's what I thought to myself.
1: <laughs> What's in here is not necessarily out there. What makes me and my friends laugh doesn't always make the audience laugh, even though you expect them to. They're not. They're different. They're the audience. You know? Anyway. So make sure you cut that bit, Chris.
0: Uh, Nope. That's staying in.
1: (laughs) Make sure that one gets cut.
0: Our listeners need that bit. Oh, boy.
1: (laughs) Oh man, okay, fuck it. I don't care. I'll bomb plenty of times. well
0: we do need to wrap it up because we've uh, we've gone about an hour. Um before we go, Rachel, I think I told you we usually ask our guests if you have any cool fun stories that are, you know, exciting. Maybe if you uh, witnessed or, or experienced yourself that you'd like to tell at the end. It's kind of what we do.
3: Okay, so now I Rachel, I heard Katan's story and it was so good and I was like, Oh my god, I, know. I don't have any story like that about being Chased down by Tom Cruise to go to a Prince concert. I mean, <laughs> that was like that set the bar very high.
1: Yeah, that's hard to top.
3: So <laughs> I should have listened to what other people said. Um, I mean, all I can all I could think of for this because I couldn't think of a celebrity rush. What I don't know. What 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 did other people say?
0: <laughs> well, we had. I mean, like Dane Cook told us a story in the last um, podcast about how um, he once woke up in a hotel room and was he was butt naked, and he was being robbed. No. And he had to chase the guys out of the room, stark naked, down the hallway. <laughs> like, love the it.
3: car's even higher now.
0: Yeah, and then there was, like, well, Dean Edwards, who was a cast yeah. member on SNL, um, he was talking about um, a story that happened to him with Tracy Morgan on the show. Um, he was behind the scenes. It wasn't on camera, but it was um, a story about how he does an impression of Tracy. And <laughs> a great his... Movie. His wife was like, So I hear you're doing, you know, it's like he goes, his wife liked it. It's like his wife's like, You know, oh, you know, Dean does a Dean does you really well. And then he was like, I hear you, you know, I hear you doing me. Like, <laughs> and he just started like, You know, I don't know, I can't do a good impression, obviously, well, but like stopped. it was, a, it ended up being, becoming an episode of 30 Rock later on.
3: Oh, no way. That, that
0: Tina called D- Dean and was like, Can we use that for an oh, episode? Because wow. it was so funny because Tracy was obviously on right, the show. Right, so, right.
3: yeah. It didn't involve a naked theft, though. Uh, Just go
0: to instagram
1: can we do the story i just told where rachel drach laughs really hard at (laughs) my bad joke there
3: there you go (laughs) what the (laughs) fuck is that
0: (laughs) yeah yeah like Um, that perfect
3: (laughs) okay so my story now i've told this but not on a thing but um that's okay my okay so my story is about um is about a freaky psychic thing is that okay
0: yeah, go ahead.
3: Please. Well, okay, so it doesn't involve, it doesn't have a big big beginning, middle, and end, but I'll just tell you, like, I've always sort of, Daryl, I don't know how you feel about freaky psychic things. Like, do you believe, do you, What what is your take on that?
1: I had an experience, you know, my father had sort and I had a sort of an embattled relationship uh, my whole life over baseball.
3: Yes. You know, I, by the way, I saw your movie. Oh. It was amazing. It was okay. amazing. I loved it. So well, much. that's
1: Michelle Esrick, the director, put that together. She followed me around for seven years.
3: Well, it was incredible. If, okay.
1: Yeah, yeah well, thanks. I mean. watch
3: This documentary. Okay. Um, Any, psychics. Okay, psychics, yes.
1: So my father and I had an embattled relationship at best in our life, and a lot we fought a lot about baseball. So about three years after he died, I was in Milwaukee doing a show, and I heard there was a psychic there and I always wanted to go to the psychic. You know, I want—I just wanted to try it, you know? And so the lady, like, touches my head and shit and touches and holds my hand, right? And then she goes, there's a man wearing a baseball hat. He says he's sorry.
3: I have chills.
0: Oh,
1: man.
3: <laughs> Are you serious? Verbatim. You, you just walked into some random... Psychic
1: thing. Yeah, there was a psych, you know, Milwaukee's a big town. They have psychics. And I always wanted to go. And so finally I did. And it, it was over like in a second. I was like, I practically ran out of that room. I was like, no. I was like the That's flash amazing. run. That's amazing. I had to get away from that. That's some crazy shit. <laughs> that sort of, you know, pure emotion and pure sentimentality. I didn't want to feel that. There's a man wearing a baseball hat. He says he's sorry.
3: Oh, my God.
1: Freaky, right? That's
3: amazing. That's, what that's, is story? Story. that's the best story. Um, so, no, I've had a few little, like, mini psychic experiences. And um, so then I've sort of – okay, so here's my story. So um, on my um, 43rd birthday, I was in L.A. doing this show. And I had a friend who, for my birthday, took me to a channeler. Um, but just someone, I didn't really know much about it, but they, mm-hmm. they like channel, they channel a spirit and then they, I don't know what, I didn't know what I was getting into. So I go and, um, this woman was like, I don't know, maybe like mid fifties, 60, whatever. And she's very like, you know, normal Midwestern looking lady. Anyway. So then when we sit down, she channels this spirit named Kendra who speaks in kind of a strange vaguely Indian accent sort of and so I sit down and like she looks she looks down and she looks up she's like, oh hello how are you oh I am very glad you came to see me today you know it starts and I was kind of stifling a giggle because I was like what is this <laughs> but anyway so she starts talking and she started saying some things that were were true about me not like Google googly true but like emotionally true sort of you know so anyway um, then like towards the end and I was, I was single, and um, towards the end I said um, – I was like, well – she's like, do you have any questions? I was like, well, am I going to meet anybody? And she's like, um, you're going to meet someone in three months. And then she said, no, wait, three to six months. And then she said, and you're going to have one child. Okay? So I'm thinking, like, oh, that's cool, but it's my 43rd birthday, and I'm not even dating anyone right now. Anyway, so – um. So that was that. And then, anyway, cut to, um, let's see, about, you know, then four months later, I met someone in a bar, and, um, and then we started dating, and then I became surprise pregnant, which some people know this story, because I, I mentioned it in a, a book that I wrote, actually. But anyway, I became surprisingly, surprisingly pregnant, <laughs> and And then, you know, I was, I was almost 44 by this time. So that's pretty, you know, it's not, it's kind of rare, I guess. So, so anyway, then when I, when I found out I was pregnant, I was like, I remembered, I remembered the channeler and, um, and I was like, Oh my God, the psychic, the psychic predicted this, you know? So, so that was my crazy. Um, and then, and then, you know, sometimes if you're in your mid 40s, like, you know, you're advanced maternal age, so you don't know if pregnancy is going to going to take really. But I was just like, no, this is. This, I'm gonna have this baby because it was predicted by Kendra, the thousand year old spirit. So anyway, that is my that's my freaky psychic story. But it was a
0: really it,
1: good one. It involved a kid and and kind of a I don't know. It'd be like it, it, kind of a miracle in a way that that I happened.
3: I know. Well, that's how I. That's how I see it. I mean, I feel I feel all lucky that whatever because I had sort of had my story all written. Like, well, I guess I'm not gonna have kids. So I guess. You know, but it sort of was, like, it was, It really taught me, like, you just don't know what's, you know, you can, you, you tell yourself the story of how your life's going to be, but you really don't know. So, um, so, yeah, that's my, that's my little story there.
0: That is crazy, though. That's, that's a wild story. They're good uh, enough yeah. for you, Chris. That's great. Yeah, yeah that's absolutely.
3: Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's, for me, like, that's, that's my weirdest story of my whole life path. So, that kind of makes me, you know, wonder. But I don't know. I've, then I've sent other people ask me like, who was this person? And then they've gone to her. They haven't gotten these earth shattering <laughs> <Wow. laughs> predictions. So I don't know if it was a, like a coincidence or what. But um, I don't know. I, I like yeah. I like believing. Your story is amazing, though. That that gives me uh, that gives me uh, I don't know, inspiration or something.
0: What that
1: Tiger?
3: The, the baseball hat.
0: Man wearing a baseball hat says so his. Yeah. I once had somebody read my tarot cards
3: and yeah. all of what that they stuff. Say?
0: All of that stuff came true and it freaked me the fuck out. <laughs> really? Was yeah. it good stuff? It was. I mean, um, it, the one thing that scared me was that they flipped over a card and it was the card of death. And I was like, oh, fuck. Like, am yeah. I going to die? And I was like, about to shake her. I'm like, when well, am I going to die? When am I dying? <laughs> and like, And then she goes, no, it can mean a birth." And uh, the, so the thing about me that some people know if they've seen stand-up, but like, uh, I, my mom had me when she was 17. So I have a young mom. And so she wanted to have kids later in life. And at that point, um, this was when I was like, I, I got this red when I was like 18. I, my mom ended up becoming pregnant with my brother. And so that's what they were. She said, it could be a birth of somebody in your life. And she was like, it doesn't mean that you're going to have kids or you're going to die or anything like that. She goes, but someone could be reborn or born again. Like, and it was weird because my, um, my, one of my grandfathers just had passed away. And then all of a sudden my mom was pregnant with my little brother and then she was saying like, you know, the soul could be rebirthed Uh. that way. And it was weird. And then she was, you know, the other thing she said, she goes, um, she goes, I see you doing something. This is when I was in college and I really wanted to, I was working in radio, trying to build a career in radio. I didn't know anything about comedy at the time. And she said, I see you doing something with a microphone, but you're not in a band and I was like, well, I'm, I'm in radio, you know, like, that's what I want to do. And she was like, it's not it.
3: Wow. And I was
0: like, okay. And I said, well, what is it? she was like, I don't know, but you're in front of people. And I was like, okay. And then, you know, and then that was, I mean, that was when I was 18. I didn't start doing stand up until I was like 24, 25, maybe right around there. And so like, it was, it's weird that some of that stuff ended up becoming true and, Um, there was, you know, other stuff that like, I don't really remember. It wasn't as memorable. It was something very silly, but like, um, but yeah, I was, it was, I was kind of freaked out. I was like, I'm never doing this again. I've never, I don't need (laughs) to know. Yeah.
3: Yeah,
0: I don't need to know any sort
1: of I I asked my psychic lady at the end of it. I, I I was, I said, how did, how how could you know something like that? Like, how could this happen? And she said something like, well, I mean, I'm not going to do her accent, but it was sort of a watery Indian sort of. And she's like, well, we've proven the mind can send out electrical currents. and some Why can't some people receive these electrical currents?
3: Ooh.
1: I was like, really?
3: Huh.
1: That's freaky, right?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Like, so I don't know
0: if we're giving we're giving birth to a whole lot of people that will listen to this and we'll go and be like we need to get a psychic. I know, because
3: I know. I'm sure a lot of them are full of shit. But
0: oh it, yeah, I went to yeah. one once so in, in L. A. and it was shitty. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: And it was like completely. You can tell it was like. So the Where was boring.
3: the one that said all the said all the things that came true.
0: That was in Connecticut. It was actually uh, like a like relative of a relative kind of thing. Really? Like it was like my uncle's wife's sister
3: like they had the gift kind
0: of yeah supposedly i don't know she was like super into this weird crazy ass shit like (laughs) she really like well she was a weird person and i think she's still alive but like um i just uh i was like i don't i don't think i want to ever do that again because it scared me i was like i don't know especially later on down the road when i realized when she said the thing about being with a microphone in front of people and when you really go back and you think about it you're like oh well fuck like that's that's wild i don't think i'm i i don't i think i'm to the point now where you know as as you get older you're like i don't think i want to know many more of my future i think i'm okay now like yeah (laughs) i'm
3: sorry there too. i I was like where
0: was she where was she when she she could have predicted 2020 we could have all fucking avoided this exactly oh my gosh
3: yeah
1: i don't think i want to know the future either
0: yeah, I think you. T- I think I. I think ignorance is bliss when it comes to that shit. Now, yeah. when you hit a certain age, you're like, I think I'm over it. I think I'm just. I know, I know. Let's just ride with this. You know? Right. Right. Agreed. <laughs> I mean, she would
1: say something like, "There is a sign that says bridge out up ahead,' but you go forward." <laughs> like,
3: oh, right. Right.
0: <laughs> you're like, am I Duke's at hazard now? Am I just jumping bridges? <laughs> like, what the fuck are you? No, talking? I just.
1: There's something bad
0: coming. I'd rather not know.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Well, well uh, let's hope something good is
0: coming. I Actually, think so. I think we're, we're all due for some good news. I think yeah. we're all due for some good luck and, you know, a better a better year for sure coming up, you know? Fauci said last night that
1: next fall we're going to be very happy in this country with all these vaccines. So maybe.
0: Yeah, I think, I think it's going to take a little time, probably like a good, you know, until next summer before we start seeing like a, a real obvious change. And I think I worry that people that take the vaccine are just going to let their guard down. And think that the just because they have it that they're I'm completely going to, immune? Aren't you? <laughs> no, okay. but you know, I I hope for the best, and uh, I you know I uh, I am really just uh, trying to trying to keep sane during all this. Yeah. So I, I you know I I hope you are too, Rachel. I hope that okay. uh, everything's it's Try going me, Rachel, well over there.
1: I have this question before you go. When you
3: yeah.
0: if you
1: ever come back and do the podcast again, which would be so fun and yeah. delightful, because I thought this was a great podcast. Um, I want to tell you my haunted house story
3: <gasps> and my,
1: and my sliced alone story.
0: Okay. That's all I'll say.
1: Ooh, now
3: I, now I, you you've got to it. come back. Yeah. I it's dangling, it's
0: dangling the carrot. Yeah. I love
3: a haunted house story. I love a haunted house story. So I got a good one. Okay, good. Ooh. I want to come back for
1: that. I got to go okay. to a 12 step meeting in a few minutes. Okay. But I, otherwise I would tell it to you.
3: Okay. No, we'll have to do it for part. Duh, called,
1: no. uh, look it up online. It's called the Myrtles Plantation in Louise St. Francisville, Louisiana. Myrtles. Right. Okay. Uh, plantation. Ooh, and
3: I'll, okay. I'll stock up some stories
0: too. Yeah. Okay. Good. All right. All right. Good. Well, good we'll uh, we we'll, we'll have something for next for next uh, mm-hmm. next time we have you on. So. Okay. Good. And is there anything you want to plug before we uh, Ooh, we go? I mean, uh, I know you. I already plugged God. Mr. Mayor. And...
3: Really not. I mean, okay. I can't think of anything. So I'm good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, I mean, I know
0: you, you said you have a book out there, so maybe people can look at your oh, book. Oh, right, the
3: uh, book is called, and, called Girl Walks Into a Bar. I don't Girl even talk about bed. that much because it's kind of like you're reading my diary, so I would it, it seemed like a good idea. Daryl, this is probably kind of similar to your movie thing. I don't know. The feeling is of, like, putting yourself – well, no, I mean just, like, putting yourself out there, you know, because I always admire that in other people, like, I loved your movie. But then when it's me doing it, I'm like, eh, I don't know.
1: <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what? I
3: mean,
1: just – you know, Colin Quinn told me once: "The more honest you are, the more people get engaged."
3: I, I agree. Like I love, I love seeing other people do that, and then I just sort of decided to do it too. But I'm, I'm still a little like Ree! about it. Anyway, wait, yeah. Wait, how, how is Ree! it? Like I'm on the fence. It's a weird fence. I'm on about it. Yeah, but yeah. I love. I, love I, I so admire it in other people, and yeah. So anyway, all right. Yeah. Well, then I'm going to see you next time for the haunted house Yeah. fly on story. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. So everybody, go check out her book. Uh, watch her on Mr. Mayor <laughs> with <laughs> uh, right. Tina Fey and uh, Ted Danson. And uh, guys, uh, make sure you follow Rachel on social media too. On Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff at Rachel Dratch. Right?
3: At the at the real Dratch on Twitter. The real I'm sure my Instagram is something different. It's like Ray Dratch or something. I don't know. I'm I'm a techno idiot. So I've set them up <laughs> differently. Some Someday I'll fix that.
0: No problem.
3: Thank you so much.
0: Thank you very much. We appreciate you having, uh, being, uh, here. being had, appreciate being had. There we
1: go. (laughs) Talk to you on, uh, Rachel Dratch part two.
3: Okay, good. Okay. Absolutely. All right.
0: Thanks again, Rachel. All right. Well, man, that was a lot of fun, Daryl. I, uh, I love Rachel. She's absolutely, uh, just a, a delight to have on. I think this is going to be one of the ones that people really love. I think so too. Cause she's just so lovable and she's great. And, uh, be like the Katan
1: episode. Yeah.
0: I mean, uh, I hope that's, uh, that one. I hope people, uh, people make sure you share this episode, make sure you tell your friends and also give us five stars. Don't forget to do that. That's a nice reminder. Always got to do that. Uh, We have another uh, great episode coming up next week, so we will see you guys soon. Thank you very much. Uh, Make sure you follow us on social media one more time. I'm at Chris Milhouse. He's at Daryl C. Hammond. And uh, thank you very much, guys. We'll, uh, We'll talk to you next time.
1: See you next time, guys.